Hi, and welcome to another episode of Word Up. I'm your host, Erin, and Word Up is a show all about healers from every walk of life and healing. And one of my favorite healers uh, it has graced me today with his presence, Bob Kaufman of Critical Thinking for Success. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm grateful for being here. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be fun. Well, uh, it, yes, it will be. You're a lot of fun, actually. Right. And the reason I wanted to bring Bob Kaufman on the show is um, he's a healer. He has traveled around the world. He has trained and studied around the world. And he does two things that are really unique and interesting to me. Well, you do many things. that We'll, we'll get into two main ones and we'll see what else we get to. Okay. Um, but you do uh, neurofeedback. Correct. And no. you also do something called critical thinking for success which is about 16 different areas well we'll let you talk about it okay it's uh 14 different areas oh, okay and it's uh base the basic operating system of the brain that some cognitive science has really looked at how does the brain deal with the world and create uh in the world what what it wants and needs and how it takes care of itself and so forth well, these skills are, the more efficient they are, the more effective the person is. Mm -hmm. And these skills have been going down since World War II. So, uh, oh, you we, mean like uh, people have getting less worse, of them? Okay. Getting worse. And you've As worked with the military yes, using these. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked with the Marines to help them recognize IEDs and improve, marks, improve marksmanship and um, performance behavior and so forth. So... Yeah. But it, it's uh, if you imagine that the more efficient these skills are, mm -hmm. at a higher level, people find it easier, they get better results, and so forth. So. And so some of it might be planning, some of it might be time management, right. um, you've worked with all sorts. Of, can you talk about, maybe not being too identifying about clients, but can you talk about some of the types of clients you work with? Well, I work with students a lot of times, mm -hmm. and when I work with, a say, somebody 16 or under, I'm usually working with their parents yeah, and training the parents to train the child, because every day, every day these skills should be worked with, not just once a week. Mm -hmm. And in everyday activities, these skills can be reinforced, and parent knowing how to do that helps the child. Now, the parent often will say, my thinking's gotten a lot better, too, as <laughs> they help say. And then I've worked with adults all my career, so uh, the people who trained me were primarily working with children, mm -hmm. and so I saw the same effects with adults, so I started working with adults and helped a lot of people in business, and their, their athletic prowess began to improve, so a lot of them were saying their golf game improved, their tennis game improved. Ah, I remember some of these stories. And so, uh, yeah, like this, like you, the one guy whose best score for 30 years, more than 30 years been playing golf, his best score was a 92. And after a couple of months of training, he shot an 82. Just surprised the heck out of him. And, um, was this the same fellow who beat his son's score? They've been playing for decades. Well, no, what happened was, <laughs> well, he... A friend of his, had been, they had been playing for 20 years, and his friend came in when he saw how much uh, this first person's score had improved, <laughs> and his 
he had played over 40 years. The be he had broken 90 twice in those 40 years, started breaking 90 all the time. And he had his son. Golf, that's good, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> and his, his son, who was a, an officer in the military, um, had been beating his dad for over 20 years in golf. Well, his dad started beating him, and he was, his son was very competitive, was very upset. <laughs> Um, about the fact that his dad was now beating him. So, Did the dad share with the son about critical thinking skills? No. So his no. son was not able to make no, an he appointment wanted with you. He wanted to keep that <laughs> advantage. <That's> not, <laughs> okay, keep um, a secret. So, so uh, then I, because of the, those improvements, I started working with athletes, and then that led to the Marine Corps mm -hmm. and so forth. And so businesses improved. It also helps with relationships and uh, generally people feeling so much better about themselves. Yeah, and how does it help with relationships? That's kind of a big, um, a big area of interest for me um, in, in some of my work and, you know, just personally wanting to know how to have better relationships. Well, uh, most people treat others the way they want to be treated mm -hmm. rather than understanding how the other person would like to be treated. And then they don't really look at effective strategies in how do I have a great relationship with my partner or, or, uh, or even if I'm dating and wanting to find a partner, what's my strategy? How do I do that? How do I plan that? So I actually get the results I want. And a lot of times people will keep doing the same thing frustrate the other person, and then before long, the person that they really like, they end up at battling each other. Oh, you know? yeah. And so helping people get good strategy, helping, like I work with a lot of men, they don't understand women. They, they, they think the woman thinks <laughs> the way they do, okay? <laughs> yeah. And so helping them appreciate that the woman thinks differently than them. Yes. and Different brains. Right. Yeah. And that they can develop effective strategies in working well with the woman rather than being at odds um, is important. And same way with the woman. She Absolutely. doesn't understand, how does this guy work? I mean, he he's, seems strange to me. <laughs> Criticizing yeah. doesn't tend to work. Right, right. <laughs> and so helping them appreciate that and then helping them learn how to plan together. When I see a couple, how to plan together so they get the outcome that they want. Yeah. A couple just recently, they were going on vacation. And vacations were often disasters for them mm -hmm. because they never really planned them well or anything. Well, we had them visualizing that, that trip. What did they want to get out of it? How did they want to be pleased on the trip? Were they willing to please their partner? And they came back and they had an outstanding time. Yeah. Uh, first time they ever were on a real trip that they had an outstanding yeah. time in. And the same thing happens on, you know, how do they? How are they going to create their week? How are they going to, you know, create their relationship and make it work? So. So you're really it. naming some key pieces to relationships that we're not taught in school. We're not. Absolutely. We're sort of taught it in our homes more subconsciously, like, oh, this is how mom and dad or, you know, well, how the people who raised us tend to do things. So we, we go on autopilot. And these are 
really key, well, critical thinking, right? right. Critical pieces. Well, and you look at, uh, and they've often come from different families. They have different interpretations of what it all means. Mm -hmm. And then they, they get to really bad spots because they're interpreting the other person very differently than the person wants to be interpreted. So understanding all that uh, and having a way to think through so that they get really get satisfied, each of them. Um, and you, um, you have a background in social work, so right. it, it's, it's been enhanced by learning the critical thinking. Absolutely. Yeah, most therapy, it really focuses at a higher level uh, thinking. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that people whose skills were pretty good, mm -hmm. the, ther the kind of therapy I was trained in was fairly effective in get beginning to get results. However, for a lot of people, you talk with them, you think things have changed, but it stayed the same. Uh -huh. And um, they had greater insight, but it stayed the same. Right. I mean, the, the adding, getting to these skills mm -hmm. and finding out where they were inefficient and why what I was doing, even though it made sense to me, uh -huh. didn't work with them. And one of the things you, I learned from you um, that I say daily with uh, people I get to work with is the brain likes what's familiar. Yes. It's not that we're lazy. It's not that we're procrastinators. I mean, those are words to describe it, but it's actually that the brain gets really efficient at the same thing. Well, like what happens is that when we were prey, we in the trees and everything, mm -hmm. uh, we had to be very conscious of the environment around us. Mm -hmm. And anything unfamiliar in that environment was dangerous it could kill us it might not but we had to be on guard so we stayed alive and those beings that didn't have this caution aren't contributing to the gene pool so we <laughs> so they, we've yeah. inherited this caution <laughs> and that part of the brain i call it the safety side of the brain wants things familiar the brainstem kind of thing yeah and so it doesn't care if you're happy. It doesn't care if yeah. you're satisfied. It doesn't care about anything. Doesn't care if you're depressed. Doesn't care if you're angry. All it cares about is this: is this familiar? If it isn't, I don't want anything to do with it. And that right there, that could just be the show. Right. <laughs> that that just that one point is. Right. And then how do you? Um, so I know you have a number of ways that clients come in and book appointments with you. A number of ways to help out with. That, that familiar and just always doing the familiar versus trying something new or trying a new habit, trying a new critical thinking skill. Well, even if you look like children when they're learning new things, mm -hmm. when the parent's there and supporting them and gives them a way to do it and is going to support them, mm -hmm. they will start doing it. And then they get excited that they've been able to do it. Well, the safety side of the brain will let go of the brake if we get a clear pathway. Okay. So I train people on how to create clear pathways. And then this, that alone won't mean that I make a big change. With support then, mm -hmm. I will exercise that pathway until it becomes familiar. And then the safety side, well, this is familiar. It won't kill me. I, I'm okay. I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't stop it, you know. And it can become a habit then. Okay. 
that works for us. Uh, so lots of people will say, I hate math or I don't like to plan. I think, well, it's unfamiliar. They don't know how to do it. They, you know, and the safety say, I'm not even going there. <laughs> and the I mean, it, you probably have had the experience where you've not done something and then finally, when you do it, you say, "Why? Why didn't I do this a long time yeah. ago?" You know, well, <laughs> it's so the reason simple. I yeah, the reason I didn't was because the safety side it was it was trying to protect you from what could potentially hurt you. Yeah. So it's the safety side is not bad. It's we need it, but we alive. need to know how to use it. It's much like a brake in the car is useful, but if that's all you use, mm -hmm. the car doesn't go anywhere. Is it was it Maslow who said if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem looks yeah. like a nail? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so training people in these skills, particularly like you mentioned, planning mm -hmm. uh, and thinking things through, being able to visualize them ahead of time, and everything, is really important, and a lot of that isn't taught. Children used to be taught that much more mm -hmm. because prior to World War II they were seen as economic assets. They needed to help bring on the farm. The, yeah, they help in the farm, in the shop, in the restaurant. And they they were to help bring resources into the family. Mm -hmm. um, and then after World War II we got so rich we didn't need them to do that and children became economic dependents. And a lot of them don't even make their bed. They don't cut the grass. They don't. They won't necessarily do the dishes and all kinds of stuff that train us how to think things through, how to make things happen. Yeah. And then as we have all the electronics, the electronics does it for us rather than our brain. So GPS is an example of that. You know, lots of people have very poor direction and orientation skills. Because they count on the yeah. GPS. They can't remember how to get across town right. From, right. from how they used to know. Right. And you come in and you sort of fill in those gaps where the learning didn't happen or where Absolutely. maybe those critical pieces, those 14 different skills. Yeah, I, can, I, can ass I have an assessment where I can assess those skills mm -hmm. and I know where they're efficient or inefficient and then I know what exercises to give them. And, and most people in the United States are poor in planning. Some people aren't, but a lot of people are. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there are lots of cultural And people like that. to jump into things and just, you know, they'll, they'll get a new grill and, and it has to be put together. and They won't read the direction. They'll just start putting it together. And then when they get done, oh, there's some pieces left over. Yeah. You know, they have to take it back <laughs> apart and so forth. And like the attention deficit style where you you just jump in and do it and then when you need help you go find a coach or right. get the manual maybe or look it up on YouTube. Right. Yeah, and a lot, the, the, the errors that cost so much, mm -hmm. you know, is like, and oftentimes what, what you'll find is people in will say, why didn't I think of this? I wish I would have thought of this, you know, ahead of time. Well, they they now have suffered the consequences yeah. of not having thought of it. And yeah. you even work with people. I just referred you to someone recently um, who had trouble passing the bar, and um, so, um, just a friend's friend, and and that person is working with you, or will be working with you on passing the bar. You work with doctors on passing the boards and standardized tests. So right. the critical thinking comes in in handy with yeah. those kinds of. I tests. recently had a. 
a physician who was board certified and had to every ten years every ten years had to, and she had struggled the last time and took her a while to pass it last mm -hmm. time. This time we were working, she was all worried, but we worked it, and she was shocked. She got a hundred on one part wow. and very easily passed another part, and so people, stockbrokers with the series oh, seven yeah. and uh, architects and. And um, then I had one woman who hadn't passed a written test her whole life. She was, and she was 50, she wanted to pass the test. She wanted to get a, some licenses in the uh, insurance business. Mm -hmm. And after a couple months, she could pass about any test she wanted. And so that's amazing. How how did she hear about you? How do people hear about you? Uh, that she heard about me through a friend, but mm -hmm. uh, I I network a lot and uh, primary networking and then former clients mm -hmm. that uh, have gotten great results and they keep referring to me and yeah I yeah I, I'm a big believer and mm -hmm. um, I I actually know um, more about the neurofeedback, which hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that. Um, but you've worked with professional musicians. You have a really right. interesting story about... Yeah, I ha helped one person who was frustrated for 20 years because her uh, direction orientation deals with not only where you're at in the world, but deals with your relationship to time. And when she would audition for the orchestra, her beat would vary. Okay. And um, so... I gave her these exercises to do. And her husband brought her in. Her husband brought her in, and the reason he told me that he came because she always got lost. Yeah. And so, so he had to drive her to your right. session. And so right off the bat, I knew it was probably direction orientation. Okay. When we tested her, yes, that's the case. And um, so she had been, I don't know, gone through how many auditions to be a seated member mm -hmm. and never got selected because she'd play beautifully, but her beat would vary and they were looking for flaws. So she never got to be first chair, she'd always be... No, she, she never got into the orchestra. Oh. She would sub, but never got to be a seated member in the orchestra where she had employment and insurance and everything like that. She would sub for the Chicago, the Lyric, different... Ravinia and everything, and whenever they needed her, they would call her because she was so good. But auditioning, you know, they'd have over a hundred people auditioning, and so they were looking for flaws. Now that she couldn't keep beat herself, mm -hmm. didn't hurt her in an orchestra because she could follow the right. the uh, conductor the, much like she followed her husband to my office. <laughs> could follow, and so it the the not being able to uh, keep a good time. beat, mm -hmm. the people listening had to decide be among a hundred people, they had to get down to two or three, four people to present to the music director or mm -hmm. whatever, and he would make the final decision. Well, she never got selected because she, they could tell when her beat would vary because no one was keeping time but her. And the, that was the missing piece that you discovered right. was when she was auditioning, she had to keep her own time. Yes. When she was in an orchestra, the conductor would keep the time. Right. So you and worked it, with her. And, and so it wasn't really a reason to keep her out, except that these people needed to find flaws, and that was a flaw every mm -hmm. time. Okay. 
and out she went. So after about two months of practicing what I showed her, she's now in a, a, a professional orchestra. That's wonderful. What After a great 20 story. years. That's how, she must have had a lot of uh, drive to. to oh, I mean, I admired years. her. She had never given up in those 20 her. years. Well, she she probably did 40, 50, maybe 60 different auditions. Oh, my and, goodness. You know. Wow. And she Good for kept, her. She kept trying. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, so another thing that you do, in addition to um, the critical thinking skills, which I'm guessing you are able to work with people around the world, they don't have to come to Chicago to your office. Well, the furthest away has been London that I've worked with people. Mm -hmm. So all over the United States and London and different, but I could do any, any place. You can I mean, do the assessment long distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, we're having a man assessed in Colorado right now okay. that I'll be working with. Great. So, so uh, if someone's watching this and is like, oh, I don't live in Chicago, there's hope. Right. <laughs> they can come see you long distance. Yeah, I worked with a couple in New York. and um, Oh, you told me about them. Yeah, I helped, uh, helped them get into a fashion industry business, and um, they were told that they couldn't do it because it was too competitive, mm -hmm. and they needed to be trained in how to plan, so we pl planned their business. And their first year of business... Uh, Six months after we started doing the uh, started with them, they started their business, and a year later they were at over two million in sales. Oh and goodness. by ten, three years, they were ten million. So. Just working with critical thinking skills right. and planning, learning right. the planning skill. Right. That's amazing. And you've worked with like, if I have this right, multinational companies. Yeah. Yeah, helping their their teams. Well, one the biggest company was uh, their human resource department. Ah. They were a two billion dollar company, and and they were the human resources were really frustrated. They felt like they didn't have enough help and whatever. And the company was ran pretty lean, and but once we got the the VP of human resources and his direct reports going, thinking well, uh, they worked fine. And in fact, the VP said not only. Did uh, did he have time to do his job and do it better? He his golf game improved. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so if you need your golf game improved, go see Bob. Right. <laughs> um, so I, if I may, I'd love to uh, pick your brain a little bit about neurofeedback. It's something. It's a topic dear to my heart. I was sending a lot of head injury clients. I had read a local article in a local magazine about uh, about you and working with head injuries and concussions and. The girl in the article had had um, a concussion and then had another one and was her whole personality had changed her grades plummeted she was a really popular social girl and she just became very isolated and depressed and um, was like a shell of who she was and the parents knew someone who knew you somehow they got referred to you by their financial planner I think what well, the the husband uh, of the daughter I mean the daughter's father mm -hmm. was a business person who went to uh, some venture people and this woman who referred her was worked for that company okay. and, and they got talking about their daughters and and I had helped that woman's daughter and she said come yeah. to me and so two months later 
the young lady had seen like 12 different doctors oh, and goodness. hadn't gotten any better. But in about, I think about two months, all her symptoms were cleared up. Oh my goodness, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And well, I was sending head injury clients to you and I was watching them improve. And, um, and then I, we were consulting about a client in common. And I said, by the way, I hit my head really hard. It wasn't quite a concussion, but it was a, it was a hard hit. And you're like, come on in. And I thought, oh, another thing to do, another thing to add to the list. And, um, you know, but why wouldn't I want help with this? And, you know, my, I was so overbooked and, uh, and I went down to see you and <laughs> I had nothing prepared me for how calm. I didn't know I even had that much anxiety until I didn't have it. I, uh -huh. I was like, no, I treat anxiety. I don't have anxiety. Uh -huh. I had low grade. And it, mm -hmm. it really took a lot of energy out of me. Right. And so we worked with, with, you mapped out my brain, and and you do this with people all day long, whether they have a head injury or whether they have anxiety, uh, even learning issues. Well, that might also be critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, sometimes I'll do both. Mm -hmm. But I'd gotten, uh, I had done, um, back in the 70s and 80s, I had done biofeedback and hadn't, heard much about neurofeedback at all. Is neurofeedback basically biofeedback but it focuses on the brain? Yes, okay. so it's a form of, of biofeedback. And so um, a client of mine had gone through and gotten great results mm -hmm. with, with neurofeedback. And I've always been open to getting trained in different things and I still get trained in different things. And, and so I took a psychologist that was working for me, and he and I went to Florida to get trained by this guy who had worked with this client. <laughs> and the guy was this sort of like this genius guy, you know, this strange but genius guy. And how he trained us was that I would work on the psychologist, and the psychologist would work on me, and we'd do it tw each. That's a lot of neurofeedback. Each, sure. of us, <laughs> each of us would get two treatments a day that way, wow. and he would tell us what we were doing at, over two weeks. Okay, And then he, we'd sit in on cl other clients he had, and we'd go to dinner. and uh, So we, it was an um, immersion. Mm -hmm. And um, so I hadn't really gone for much my to myself, but I had been having a form of PTSD from when my uh, first wife and daughter, when uh, somebody arsed my home and they died a few days later, anytime I smelled smoke, I would be kind of crazy. Well, after that two weeks, that wasn't there anymore. And so... So it was close to the fire? It was huh? close to the time of the fire? Or was no, it, it was 11 years later, and oh, I still, so anytime I smelled smoke, yeah. I would, you know, it's like... I didn't act crazy, but I felt crazy. And uh, after that, I was, I could smell smoke. I wouldn't have that, all that agitation and everything. And so I thought, wow, this is cool stuff. I like this stuff, you know? <laughs> and uh, so then I kept doing it. And that's also, the guy down there said, you should look at these basic skills. I didn't even know what he was talking about. And so I got trained in some cognitive skills here in the States. And I was visiting Australia <laughs> and ran into stories. some cognitive, the cognitive people down there. I thought, wow, I, I saw what they were doing. I thought, wow, this is so cool. And so I, after I got back, I called them, asked them to train me, and they wouldn't. 
And so I called them for two years every week until they agreed to train me. That's and persistence. <laughs> and, then, and then they, you know, they, they agreed. And so I went over there several times, had them over here several times. And I have found that neurofeedback and the cognitive work really well. Yeah. And then recently, um, the, the, the kind of uh, neurofeedback I do is lens, low energy neurofeedback system, and they have what call the body lens. Mm -hmm. And so I can put electrodes on different parts of the body that are tense or whatever. And uh, especially the base of the neck and, and then also right behind the diaphragm, when I put the electrodes there, people have some really anxiety goes down, um, a lot of people with PTSD symptoms, be, those begin to disappear. And person, panic is reduced. Yeah, and one of the, a neurologist, uh, no, an anesthesiologist I know has been, why I started picking the base of the neck is because he found that there was a nerve bundle at the base of the neck mm -hmm. that when somebody goes through trauma, the nerve endings come through the myelin sheath, yeah. and so then afterwards they don't necessarily go back, and the person stays in constant fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. And somehow, when he injected people there, he got real recovery. Um, and in fact, with two injections, he got a 92% success rate. He's worked with 4,700 people, I think, something this is like that. an anesthesiologist who works with a lot of pro athletes. A lot of different kinds of people he worked with. And so I found that um, a lot of veterans and things mm -hmm. like that. And, um, and yours I th is not I invasive. Thought, huh? Yours is basically the same approach, but it's not invasive. Right. And I don't know if I get as good of it, but the person doesn't have to get an injection. It's a lot less expensive. But I place it at the same place that he's doing those injections, mm -hmm. and people seem to have quite a profound experience from that. So uh, I keep learning from the people I treat, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. um, we, we start in partnership, we work together, and, and uh, so that they get greater results. And um, how would you explain, I, I still can't quite explain neurofeedback. I, um, I have a way, but it, I would be much more interested in how you explain well, <laughs> what neurofeedback is and how it works. Well, primarily the neurofeedback that I use has a feedback of electrical feedback. So it's giving an electrical signal back to the brain. Okay. The brain, for some reason, uses that as information to adjust itself. Lots of neurofeedback uses video, uh, or okay. visual feedback, or auditor or auditorial feedback, mm -hmm. and I've used those kind. But why I love the the lens is, for some reason, the body really responds well to this electrical feedback, and it's so slight. But uh, like with a head injury, the brain has slowed down, mm -hmm. hasn't known to speed back up. And so with, when it gets this information, it starts speeding back up ah. and person uh, symptoms begin to disappear. Lots of people with head injury will have anxiety, depression, ADD, 
Brains um, do not like to be hit. Memory problems, eyesight problems. I treated a person who uh, was a forceps baby at birth yeah. got oh, and had yeah. got occipital injury, had eye problems, you know. And after many, many years, ends up starting to see better than she's ever seen That's in her amazing. life. And um, so it's like, as I've trained people and they've worked with them, and they come in, they're all excited. I say, isn't it wonderful to see a miracle every day? You know, it's <laughs> like, because a lot of them feels like miracles, you know. It, well, it certainly did for me. And you even found some places on my brain or on the brain mapping and that I had forgotten where my I had been hit. Right. And, um, I, yeah, and it showed up and targeted those areas with that low grade is it it's not radio frequency it's electrical it's an electrical mm -hmm. signal uh, so but it's about one thousandth of if you put a cell phone to your head mm -hmm. you get about a thousand times more electricity than, than from the these it is such a slight signal but the brain is very used it knows how to heal itself like the body is very intelligent and helping, you know, what I've seen is that the more I can just help the body do what it can do, yeah. the, you know. It brings the brain yeah. back into balance. Yeah, rather than me having to think I know what the brain should do, mm -hmm. let me get the body and the brain working together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, the when the body's healthy, the brain works a lot better. Yeah. So, um, and... With PTSD, one of the worst parts of that is people don't sleep well, yeah. and that's how the brain heals itself is through, mm -hmm. through the sleep, and uh, so uh, I love it. I uh, you know I use neurofeedback like you said every day. Uh, you do the cognitive every day, and um, help people appreciate who they are. Hopefully, they like themselves a lot better. Know that they. You know, they're the creators in their life, yeah. and my job is just helping them create their life and teach them how to do that so they do it well. Yeah, well, I, I know I slept like I, I slept a really profound sleep that whole weekend after I think we met on a Friday or a Saturday, and that whole weekend I had a really restorative sleep, and that's been a big difference for me is my sleep is restorative as opposed to right. um, more... I, less restful sleep well and lots of times sleep people start having dreams and flashbacks and it become the sleep becomes a problem in and of it they're mm -hmm. almost afraid to go to sleep as to what they're going to experience yeah yeah so. well you, you work miracles every day and i mean there's so many other topics we could talk about um but maybe we'll save it for another episode okay that'd be <laughs> And um, if people are interested in getting an appointment with you, either for the critical thinking skills or for neurofeedback, um, and your neurofeedback, the brand that you use, um, you can find practitioners around the world. I know. Um, but uh, usually I say, call Bob, <laughs> and he'll get you someone in, right. you know. Yeah, they have, they have a list of people both here and in other countries mm -hmm. that they've trained, and um, it it's wonderful uh technology so yeah and and you also have a, a video on your website about um successful parenting how to set your children up for success and Absolutely. You're doing a series, yeah so. recently did uh, one on mm -hmm. tra training parents on how to use everyday uh 
activities to help their children learn how to develop their skills. Yeah, and so if, if people want to find that and find you, uh, where do they find you? Well, criticalthinkingforsuccess.com mm-hmm. is my website. Mm-hmm. And we'll and have that on the, we'll have it under the video. Okay, yeah. and then uh, my phone number is 847-845-0422. And that's in the U.S.? Yes. Yeah. And be happy to talk with them and see if I can be of any kind of service. Well, thank you. You've been a profound help in my life and my brain is different. My sleep is different. My life is different. I have better time management actually. Good. Um, And I'm more organized, (laughs) less clutter. (laughs) I always say I wish I would have learned what I've learned a lot earlier. (laughs) And I often get jealous of the young people that I work with. They're going to have all these years to use but I'm, I'm grateful that I learned what I did because it's made my life a lot better. Yeah, well, just think how appreciative we are to finally get it, like the, the woman who finally got the professional seat Absolutely. in the orchestra. I just worked the, with a person the other day, and, and they haven't done, been able to do word problems all their life. Uh-huh. And now he's learning how to do word problems, and he's, like, very excited. You That's know? amazing. Yeah. Well, you you have story after story and success after success. And thank you for being a blessing and a miracle in my life. Well, thank you and... for having me here. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> oh, I, I could talk to I you all afternoon. I appreciate the work you do. You, oh. do. you work miracles in your own way. Thank you. Well, I've had some help. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Word Up. Bob Kaufman of Critical Thinking for Success has been my guest. And I'm so, so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time. Well, out thank you for schedule. having me. Appreciate that. My pleasure. Okay. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.